Home is where the heart is. Or so the old saying goes. And so, so home is a place for love. Home is where family is found. In many kinds of homes filled with many kinds of family. The kind of place where comfort is sought, where peace is hoped for. This day, home is not far off. We can see the faces of who we love. We can see the manger in a stable in a cave. We can smell the aromas of fire and food. We can smell the straw and the animals. We can hear familiar voices, familiar songs. We can hear the chaos of animal sounds of strangers. We are ready. We are ready to be home. And so it is, we come home this Christmas Eve. To the many kinds of homes. With many kinds of families. To be kept, surrounded, and encouraged. By family and love and comfort and in peace. Let us pray. Welcome, baby Jesus, to our home and to our hearts. Welcome us home to you this night and all nights. Amen.
Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 15 and 17 through 19. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Until you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Brothers and sisters, as we begin our Christmas Eve journey, as we walk closer to witnessing the newborn child, again, we are mindful that this is still a broken world. And so for a moment, brothers and sisters, let us confess our brokenness to God, knowing that we are already forgiven, saying together, Lord of Christmas peace, we are broken people needing forgiveness. We bury you so deeply in our hearts We struggle to shine your light. We wander far into the darkness, building ourselves camps of judgment of ourselves and others, and silence the cries of those in need. Forgive us, we pray. Free us to a life lived in joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, hear the waters of baptism, a sign of forgiveness unto us. Siblings in Christ, we are loved, we are forgiven, and indeed it has always been so. Hear the good news. Our God provides blessing for the whole earth through Abraham's faithfulness by choosing to provide and bless a people who are humbly obedient. As God speaks, through Genesis 22:15 through 18. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of their enemies. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. Brothers and sisters, know you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen. 
you may be seated. And you may be seated until we say you can stand up. stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked.
in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. As I know the choir, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening here in a couple minutes to welcome every single one of you here to Old Stone Presbyterian Church. And what a joy it is to have so many of you worshiping with us this evening at Christmas Eve. In just a moment, we're going to have the choir sing and we're going to take up our offering. This offering goes towards um, the Deacon's Fund. And so every dollar that we, that we receive this evening goes towards caring for those who are in our community. So welcome again. Uh, I'm mean, so excited to have you all here. Uh, and uh, as we continue to move on our Christmas Eve journey, uh, let us worship well. It's fun to have like folks like Not, not that it's a surprise to, to Adam. We did this last year. 
next year what we're going to do, we're not going to keep it a surprise. We're going to have this box back there on that thing for about three weeks and hope, <laughs> hope it runs over. I don't know how much is in here. You'll have to check it out when you, when you get home. But, but we do appreciate what Adam has done and Lindsay and, and the rest of his family. And uh, uh, thank you for putting up with us for the last year or two. I guess it's been a year and a half, hasn't it? Thank you. I should say this, that maybe some of you didn't get a chance to, to donate. This lid will come off, and we can put more in there. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is, uh, again, it's one of my favorite, uh, it's one of my favorite services because you know when you have your family come home, right? And you get everybody together and you have that moment where you look around and it's before the chaos starts, right? Before like everybody starts unwrapping presents and there's probably about that five seconds where you look around and you say, this is good. And that is what Christmas Eve here at Old Stone is. It's that five seconds over an hour to look around and say, this is good. And so, brothers and sisters, let us listen, let us celebrate, and let us give back just a small portion of what we've been given.
Next scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be... A sign for you, you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. 
Matthew 2, 1 through 11. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you you shall... Come, a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Journey of the Magi is one of T.S. Eliot's uh, more well-known poems, and obviously the title uh, refers to the act of traveling from one place to another. Uh, But as we listen to it, let's also remember that it can refer to the long and often difficult process of personal change and growth. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly, and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued, and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember, and I would do it again 
But set down this, set down this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We return to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the odd dispensation. With an alien people clutching their gods, I should be glad of another death. We have been moving really quickly through this service, right? It feels a bit like a whirlwind, and that's what I think this big Christmas Eve service is, right? There is a lot going on. We have a lot of scripture to tend to. We have a lot of songs to sing. I am convinced that there are probably a couple of you that if a certain hymn was not sung, you would be marching out of here as quickly as possible. And yeah, I would understand why. That's, uh, you know, part of what we do. But we have been journeying quickly, haven't we, throughout all of the important parts of this evening. And if you've had a chance to be with us through this Advent season, you know much of what we have been talking about is the journey. So much of what Advent is, is a journey towards soon and very soon, where we take a moment and we recognize again Jesus Christ born among us. But I wonder what, in all the midst of this, the Magi knew about this whole journey. Of course, we read what they knew in Scripture. We get to hear that story every year, that they had come and they saw a star, and they said, hey, you know, we know a thing or two about the stars, and this seems really important, so we have traveled a far distance. We need to find this king. Of course, it kind of gets the royal guard up in arms because now here's a new king. But see, we've got the benefit of this entire book of Scripture. We get the benefit of all of these texts read to us year after year after year. We have the inside track of what's going on. We know that Mary knew a little something. In spite of the song, Mary did know. We know that there were shepherds who knew, and we knew that there was some sort of anticipation. And of course, we get the benefit of seeing everything afterwards, right? But really, what what did the Magi know coming in to this journey? T.S. Eliot, in his poem, paints a picture of this journey. And if you had a chance to sort of let that poetry wash over you, you could see different stations along this journey. It sounds like, have you ever had that experience where people ask you with your family, are you going on vacation? You say, no, we're not really going on a vacation, we're going on a trip. Because there is a difference between the comfort of a vacation and the organization of a trip with a young family. Not to say I have any experience about that or anything. This sounds like a trip. This is no vacation for the Magi. We hear about them trying to go with camels along high, cold ground. 
If you've ever had the chance to go to the Columbus Zoo and experience sitting on a camel, I will tell you, it is not the most comfortable thing I have ever done. Not something I would highly recommend traversing multiple mountains on. Or really, anywhere past a couple loops around a circle. But they went on this journey, they missed the comforts of their palaces. They missed the fact that it was warm where they were. They recognized the complaints of all the people with them, desiring the comforts that were around them. And they continue to go. And for what? We saw a star in the east. We think there's a king, and we think we need to go. That is not a whole lot of evidence to base an entire miserable, arduous journey to. And still they went. And in the last stanza of Eliot's poem, we hear these words and they feel so complicated to our ears. Take this down, take this down, Eliot repeats to make sure that we take note. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our palaces, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation. With an alien people clutching their gods, I should be glad of another death. The journey's hard, and they found something striking. Something is changing Something will change, perhaps not today, perhaps not tomorrow, but the world that they knew is going to drift away, and and this was nothing that they would have known before they left. I wonder if they would have stayed home had they known what was about to change in this simple birth in a simple manger hours away from home. But they made the choice to leave anyway, to witness a new life, to witness a change in the world that has continued to have reverberations ever since. Friends, I often wonder when we read the Christmas story, who can we find ourselves as? Are we Mary and Joseph? Are we the shepherds who are coming? Or are we the Magi? And I often think we can find ourselves most in the Magi. We are wise people. And we together are on a journey not entirely sure of our destination. We know that something is going on. We know that there's something worthwhile to go see, but yet we're not entirely sure, and so we maintain what at times can be an arduous journey to find 
where we need to go. And, of course, maybe some of you came tonight out of obligation. Some of you may have come tonight out of tradition, maybe out of expectation. But you came, my friends, on a star and a hope because somehow this is the place where you needed to be this evening. Brothers and sisters, we are wise magi on a journey on a star and a hope, unsure of what we will find. But dear siblings, if you take anything away from this evening, take comfort in something is changing. Something has changed. Did the Magi know at the moment that they witnessed the Christ child and they made their departure, did they know that this child would soon grow up and deliver the entire world? Did the Magi know when they left on that journey that they would witness the one who would bring sight to the blind to release the captives, to tell the poor good news? Did they know that that simple child from that arduous journey would be the one that would set ablaze millennia of change in the entire world? Did the Magi know that somewhere in Delaware County, there would be a group of people that would take the same journey to this moment to witness the same Christ child? Maybe they were wise. But my best guess is no. There is something happening tonight. There is something worth witnessing. There is something worth celebrating. And there is something worth wondering what will happen once you depart. child that is coming will change the world. Will change you. Will bring new life to places long thought dead and prune the places that you have hoped would be pruned. Death and life, resurrection beyond what we believed. That is what's happening today. And so, friends, as we continue to move at what I know at times can feel like a rapid pace on this Christmas Eve, I invite you for the balance of this time to take it in. We will celebrate communion, taste and see, witness community together, eating, remembering who Jesus Christ has been for us throughout all of eternity. And when we extinguish the lights above and we witness the single candle that will light this entire room, remember that that Christ light goes with you from this place. That what the Magi saw is here. And it will leave this place and journey with you into the unknown. And so, friends, we're here. We have lots of reasons why.
We think there's something worthwhile here. Let us celebrate the one who is coming soon. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us pray. We thank you, very God of very God, that you are a creator who blesses the earth with the beauty of your goodness. When we sin and misunderstand your intentions, you bless us with mercy, promising us new life. In Jesus, you take on our frail flesh in order to wrap us in your divinity. Bread of life, born in Bethlehem, house of bread, laid out in a feeding trough among the poor and hardworking animals whose toil feeds others. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of our labor that in communion with your body we may be bread for a hungry world, cup of life for those in death's despair. This we ask in Christ, through Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. May all glory and honor and majesty be yours now and forevermore. Amen. Friends, our story is not all pretty. There are thorns among the rose. On the night of his betrayal, arrest and beating and mock trial, under cover of night, our Lord ate his last supper with those whom he loved unto the end. While he was at table, he took bread, blessed and broke it, saying, This is my body for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of all sin. Whenever you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Friends, no matter where you've been, where you're going, you are here and you are welcome to join us in this feast. Though it is simple, it is enough.
And so I invite you, dear brothers and sisters, to work your way from the center aisle to come and tear off a piece of this bread, to dip it in the cup, and then return to the side idols back to where you have been. But friends, this is the feast for you, and so let us celebrate together.
bread of life. Brothers and sisters, as we end our time, have all been fed, have all been served. Friends, let us pray. Gracious God, you have fed us like a mother pelican out of your own body's blood. We have incorporated your body into our bodies at this table, spread with the mysteries of divine incarnation. Together we are part of your body. May we rise from this place refreshed, renewed, and empowered to serve the world you love through Christ our Lord, who taught us to live as we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What, was, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. 
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who was born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Friends, as we gather this evening, we move the Christ candle from one area to the center of our gathering. Christ is with us. Christ is beside us. Christ is near us. Christ is indeed in the center of us. And so, friends, instead of directing from the front to back, let us light our candles from the center, indeed where Christ is. And let us watch as Christ's light envelops the space.
all may stand. as we prepare to leave this place, before we extinguish our candles, I invite you to look around at the room now brightened by each of you who carry the Christ-like with you. Brothers and sisters, as you depart, remember, on this journey, you are not alone. Like the Magi, we don't know necessarily what is coming, but we know where to go. We carry Christ with us from the center out. Truly, brothers and sisters, it is something to bring joy to this world. And so, friends, go out into this world to love and serve God by loving and serving one another. And as you do, know that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will be with you now and always. Amen. 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 You may extinguish your candles.